0: So, yeah, one of the most interesting aspects of your piece, you talk about autism, you talk about Aspergers, you talk about you know people who are extremely online, they spend too much time in their parents' basement, you know they're socially and economically downwardly mobile, they're in that you know millennial Gen Z generation, maybe some Gen Xers in there, and and they're seeking you know answers as to why they are the way they are. There's been an explosion in autism spectrum diagnoses, and you suggest in your piece that you know this has very very strong political economic origins and and that right there gets to the heart of what essentialism does mm-hmm. right it covers over deeper political and economic and class oriented transformations in society and it and it obscures the kind of real reality the causative you know the causative forces there for us. So unpack that, like talk to me a little bit about this explosion in autism as a diagnosis and then tie it to the kind of neoliberal hellscape that so many people find themselves trapped in.
1: Right. Yeah. So it really has exploded in the past 30 years, uh, especially quote unquote, high functioning diagnoses. And this goes back to Asperger's syndrome being introduced in, in 1981. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that that coincides with the uh reagan era and the neoliberal turn you know you have not only not less um funding for things like mental health services but you also have uh a world being formed where people spend more time alone people uh feel cut off and atomized from one another people are um spending time in in jobs for lower and lower wages getting less appreciated for the work people are more and more alienated i think uh in the past 30 years than they had been prior and it's not a coincidence that you have the rise in a diagnos- diagnosis that is characterized by social isolation and alienation. Um, and, you know, you look at today, there are more people who are seeking out answers, as you said, for why they are the way that they are. And that's, a, autism provides sort of a an easy, um, reasonable response. And you hear a lot of times, um, people who are not diagnosed wondering aloud, "Am I autistic?" And this is something I experience in comedy quite a bit. Is you'll hear comedians saying, "Like I think I'm autistic. I, you know, I spend a lot of time alone. I uh, can't hold a job, and all these things that are somewhat um, representative of having neurological issues, but in many ways are p- political, economic. You know, these are these are societal functions that we are placing on." individual people as if there's, you know, something wrong with their brains. And that's the issue is getting that, that, uh, switch flipped, um, instead of society at large, which needs to be, needs to be changed and which will involve, um, collective struggle. Right. I mean, and then again, like,
0: like, just like I talked about in, in other realms of like the intersection of science and politics and and political economy, right? Like it's always both and right. Like you know, yeah. th- that's not to say – like I think some people on the left will then therefore say like, oh, there's no such thing as autism. There's no such thing as ADHD. It's just a manifestation of our broader social, political, and economic context. And it's like, ah, uh, I wouldn't go that far, right? Because being uh, like two people in this conversation who have, you know, a neurotypical diagnosis of some kind, right – Um Whatever the fuck that means, right? I think you just have to always add that modifier whenever you're using essentializing categories. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, so I got this diagnosis, whatever the fuck that means, right? Like, right. you put it under erasure in that way, and kind of like, uh, you know, totally. uh, you, Yeah, you, yeah, no, you, you I th- repent immediately after saying. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's an important thing to always reiterate because you know I'm not a postmodernist. Not that I fully understand what that means, but I don't have right. this sort of scorched earth view that everyone is a blank slate. Uh, and you know, everything is filled in by culture. It's not true at all. We, we all have our own innate impulses and unique minds, but the way we understand those minds and, and the, uh, way that they function, um, in the economy and education and all those aspects of social life, those are political questions. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the
0: reality that like capitalism and our social forms of organization are the things that make our uh atypicality a problem in the first place 100% right? yeah you know so i mean what are some of the ways that like your you know quote autism uh you know prevent you from conforming to the dominant ways of like disciplining you know subjects and i'm working particularly like you know since we're not just fucking foucaultians here working class subjects right? Who yeah. have to be subjects to power and have to produce for capital and, and, you know, in, in ways that your diagnosis, um, atypicality, you know, prevents people from, from being good little worker bees. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I think a lot about, uh, this is something that happened to me 10 years ago and this is not a woe is me story at all. This is just, I think, something that illustrates the point. Uh, I had just dropped out of college. I was 18, living at home. I, um, applied to a grocery store to be a, a bagger, the grocery store and I had an interview and it was going really well. The interview was going pretty well. And towards the end, the person interviewing me asked, uh, okay, so what would you say is your weakness? And my, I just, I'm an honest person to a fault, I think. And so I said, <laughs> I'm a slow learner, which is not something you want to say in a job interview. Uh, but, (laughs) but I didn't get the job and, and, you know, there's also around the same time I didn't get hired for the census. Uh, but you know, when you're hiring somebody to be a cog in a machine and to to bag groceries, you don't, you're going to want to take as little time to explain whatever it is they have to do to them. Um, so, you know, that it it being socially adept
0: at like lying at the right times, is a skill that is required of you by capital. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, and, and it's like certain, like, you know, obviously autism prevents, you know, in some ways, uh, the, the, uh, like in, interpreting those social nuances, right? Right. When should I be earnest? When should I like lie? When should I, you know, constructively like, r- like you know, yeah, that's it's interesting. Yeah, you know, Obviously, I mean, the, the parallels with with ADHD are pretty, pretty obvious in terms of people, you know, being able to produce and, and focus in and hone in and and sort out noise and, and all the rest of. Yeah. It. Um, and
1: it's interesting because they're like Silicon Valley in particular actually really tries to poach, quote unquote, autistic people. They want autistic people working for them. Um, it's, you know. Maybe I could get a job there based on my diagnosis and then they hire me and find out that I would have no idea what I'm doing with uh, programming at all. But it really does coincide for a, you know, a lower skill, a low skill job. Um, It's it's the opposite. You don't want to hire an autistic person. um, And that's because, you know, many ways the diagnosis coincides with how many hours a week you can work and how much, yeah, how much capital you can reproduce. And if you're a Silicon Valley genius, you can do well. you can reproduce a lot of capital. You can't do that if you're a bag boy who keeps, you know, getting, can't, you know, fit the, the uh, groceries in the right way without it getting, you know, without things leaking or breaking. Yeah. It keeps having like awkward conversations with, uh, with
0: customers or, or whatever. Right. Like, you know, it's just like, it's just uh yeah i mean i think it's there's no there's i mean look we we like to joke on the people who not joke but like kind of lament or kind of roll our eyes at the like the Gen Z types who sort of fetishize their diagnosis and, and you know, they have in their Twitter bio, they have like six or seven things, you know, they're, they're about them, disabilities, uh, whatever, diagnoses, right. whatever have you, impairments that they like to sort of wear on their sleeve and make it their identity. And it's really become like the basis of like campus left culture. And I don't like to use that uh that, that framing, um, but it really kind of has because and – it, and it's because of those accommodations that people receive when they get diagnoses and fuck, college is hard, mm-hmm. right? It's fucking hard, especially if you're a neurotypical whatever the hell that means, right? <laughs> uh, put it under erasure. Um and who wouldn't want accommodations? And my God, I wish I could have gotten some accommodations. I wouldn't have gotten so many fucking Ds, you know, and had to change my major so many times and like hobbled to to graduation. Um, that might surprise some people. This concludes your free teaser of this week's B-side. Head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your DPS pleasure each week.